Hey, it's Freddy Cruz, and I have made it my job to share with you the stories of the individuals, businesses, and organizations working to make the greater Houston area great. In this episode, I am talking to Dr. Angela Sturm, a double board certified and award-winning plastic surgeon in the Bel Air area. During this conversation, we talk about plastic surgery myths, how plastic surgery contributes to one's confidence, and the feeling she gets when she sees her patient's reaction to the after part of their before and after pictures. If you like this episode, please share with your family and friends and consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. It's how we grow the show. Thank you. Hi, I'm Ed Sheeran. This is Bruno Mars. Hey, it's Katy Perry. This is your man Flo Rida with Freddie Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Yeah, let's go pick Mr. 305 and you already know what it is. My name is Freddie and it's time to cruise through HTX. I had told my wife that I was interviewing you here in your luxurious office in Bel Air, and I was like, what would you ask an award-winning plastic surgeon? And so her first thought was the scene in the movie, It's Complicated. Have you seen that one? No. Tell me about it. Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep, and I won't get Mm -hmm. into the whole synopsis, but Meryl... Uh, her character, I forget what, what the character's name is. She goes into uh, a plastic surgeon's office because of her eyes. Mm-hmm. And he says, and he's got this diabolical look, almost like like psychopathic <laughs> look. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to staple your head and pull your skin back. The recovery time is three to six months and you're going to have massive headaches. Sounds dramatic. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm just thinking to myself here as I'm talking to her this morning and I'm like, I don't think it's like that. No, very dramatic. No, and especially facial plastics, we're very delicate. You know, people say, oh, you have small hands, and there's a reason, you know, because like everything is very delicate. We, everything is teeny tiny, it's gentle. The most downtime my patients have is two weeks. They're back to everything at two weeks. I don't use staples because, oh my gosh, just the thought of that in your head sounds really terrible. Yeah. Uh, they're teeny tiny little sutures that, you know, my patients will say, oh, I can't even see them, or, you know, they're, they're usually impressed because they're so tiny. And, and that was my, that you answered my next question because she was like, well, I imagine the technology is in, in such a way now that the recovery time is not three to six months like this movie that I think was out in 2009. <laughs> um, and so she was asking, can anybody go back to work if they got it on a Friday and go back to work on Monday? Depends on what you have done. You know, there mm. are things, especially like eyelids are very easy. I do those in office. People will, they feel fine by the next day, but you may, you have some stitches in place and some bruising and swelling and things like that. Some people don't care and they put on mm-hmm. sunglasses and they're back to work, you know? Um, and especially now that people work from home, the there's a lot of things they can go back to work. You know, if you do a facelift, a lot of the bruising and swelling and things are on the sides. And here, uh-huh. you don't see it as much on Zoom. You know, put your hair over it and you're you're fine by like day three, four. Most people, everybody's different. But by two weeks, you can do in-person. You can go back to social activities, all of that stuff. I do tell people if you're going to see your nosy neighbor or, you know, people that are looking, <laughs> give it a month just in case, you yeah. know, because people... You know, they they look, see the incisions, that sort of thing. You know, Patricia had these strange scars at that (laughs) wine party the other night. And I'm thinking that she should have gone to see Dr. Sturm instead of wherever she went. Yeah. Then you're the, you know, you're talking the the dinner party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And not in a good way. Uh, So when you're out in public, I mean, can you, can you tell like, or can you just, do you, is it one of those things where you're like, hmm, 
that could be somebody in my office by looking at their eyelids or, I mean, do you, do you just like turn off? Like, do you, is there like a clear boundary? Like what happens in this facility right here happens here. And I'm not thinking about plastic surgery, my business at all when I'm out in public. So that would be ideal, but it's not what happens. <laughs> you know? I try to cut it off, but you just, you know, it's part of your brain. You can't, it's funny. Cause even our spouses, the people that work here, they will start to see it. You know, mm. mine will say, oh, that's bad Botox. Oh, that's, they've had a facelift, you know, and he was yeah. always in ortho and, you know, completely different. What does good Botox look like? Because I know what bad, bad yeah, Botox looks you know. I think we all know, right? <laughs> Hello, botched. Yeah, where you, you know, Spock eyebrows, but good Botox, you can't really tell. Like their forehead will look smooth and I can do it so it looks smooth, but you can still move your eyebrows. It's also not that where you're like, surprised and, you know, <laughs> or one eyebrows up and one's down, oh, you know, <laughs> like, Oh, I used to have a friend that would go around to these parties and say, Oh, where'd you get your work done? So he could write it down and not go to that. Oh. <laughs> it's like, if you can tell it's been done, it's not good. It's like know? the anti-referral party. Like, Thank you so much. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Bad Botox happens to good people. Hey, that could be a slogan. Um, there you go. Yeah. Good Lord. How are my, how are, how are my eyelids? I'm, uh, at the time of this recording, I'm 47, soon to be 48. So you're good. You're good. you you look really good. Yeah. It, would you call it? So how, how, like with, with skin and your face and for people, let's say who are, who spend a lot of time outdoors, uh, whether or not it's for exercise, but they spend a lot of time outdoors. Like, what do you, what do you recommend they, they do? Like, is, is it as easy or simple as, um, Sleep, diet, and exercise, or is there like something else that you would add to the mix? I mean, those things all help. Sunscreen, of course, you know, you want to protect the skin that you have where you're at right now. So if you never wore it before, it's going to help you moving forward, but you're going to have some sun damage that comes up, you know, so protect what you have, hats, sunscreen, all of that. And then there's things you can do at home, like retinols, vitamin C, topicals that help. Um, And that is usually inconvenient junction with other things. So there's lasers we can help rewind and take some of that sun damage off. And then there's some that are, are kind of preventative. And we're seeing more and more people doing like that preventative maintenance kind of a thing. What is the biggest plastic surgery myth? I feel like we busted one earlier with the movie. <laughs> it's complicated, but what, what else? The faceless hurt. They probably did a long time ago that it's, oh, it's going to be so painful. Most of my patients say, no, I'm fine. I have people going to the grocery store on day three. I'm like, you probably shouldn't do that. Like, mm. kind of told you not to do that. But they they do really well. The the surgical techniques are better. You know, I do deep plane, which is different from what I did whenever I started. I'm sorry, deep clean or plain? Plain. Plain. Yeah, clean sounds nice, though. <laughs> <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds better because I imagine plain like P-L-A-N-E and plain like a blade. Well, no? it's what plane of the tissues plane. are you in? You know, are you just okay. underneath the skin or are you underneath the muscles where you resuspend them and you get a better lift that resuspend? Bring them back up. To oh, bring where them back you, up. Uh, yeah, where you want them to be, where they used to be. Put it back where it's supposed to we be. We kind of sag as we get older. Yeah, we lift it back up. Yeah, yeah, lift it back up. And that tends to happen, what, late 30s, early 40s, or it just depends on the person? Depends on the person. You start to see it kind of in that early 40s. But most of my surgical patients are like 55 to 65. 
seeing earlier people, other, earlier patients, just because some people are getting tired of doing things like fillers or, you know, or they mm-hmm. don't want to do fillers because you've seen all the bad fillers, you know, and they want to do something that's going to be more long lasting. Mm-hmm. Can you explain the differences between surgical and non-surgical options for facial enhancement? Because there are some people who are probably never going to get rid of that stereotype because maybe they saw an episode of Botched and and now it's like that, you know, that um, sort of built-in uh, bias, like a negative bias. Right. Yeah. So if they want something done, but they don't want that. Right. (laughs) I don't want to look like that, but I want to look better. I don't want to look like I came (laughs) off of an episode of Botched. I don't want to be... They're just scared of a surgeon, a surgical environment. So what would be something that's like non-invasive that they can do that would help? There's a lot of non-invasive things, you know, and it depends on what parts of it you're nervous about, you know, Botox and fillers are super easy. You can do it Mm -hmm. in office, you know, you can do, you can start with very small amounts. So that's the thing that I think people also are afraid of is they've seen the bad, you know, they've seen the big lips and the big cheeks and the, oh my gosh, I know that's definitely what they've had, but there's thousands of people out there that have had it. You have no idea because you can start with a very small amount and you just enhance it so you can tell, but other people have no idea you've had something done. Something I wanted to ask you about, because the before and after pictures on your website, by the way, it's Dr. Angela Sturm, S-T-U-R-M.com. The before and after pictures are incredible. Thank you. And, you know, you, it, I imagine from a patient perspective, it's rewarding to know that, well, this wasn't what I expected. It was way better. Yeah, and so you're you're providing not just something cosmetic, and I and I feel like that's something that I feel like that's a point that's missed mm-hmm. often when it comes to plastic surgery because it's cosmetic surgery, optional. Um, sometimes it's not because you're helping medically affected people, right. but for someone who comes in and, and and you're restoring confidence. Right, your confidence is so valuable. Yeah, you know, when I talk to people and they're like, "Oh, that's fluffy. That's this and that that," you know. It's the way you interact with everyone, your partner, your job, your, you know, everyone, just the way that you feel about yourself and how you present yourself. And, you know, it's so amazing to see these people that come in and they're not really that talkative, especially like younger people, you know, stuff that really bothers them. And then they have surgery and come back in and they have their makeup done and their eyelashes on and they're, you know, and they're bubbly and they're talking to you. And you can tell it's, it's really changed the way they feel and the way that they, they interact with everybody, you know, and that's. To me, that's extremely valuable. Yeah, and and it's something that seems to me that will be a small, it's a small, the investment is small compared to what you get out of it because you can't put a price tag on confidence. You know, there's only so much that's embedded in us through our life experience. I feel like we we may have talked about a little bit about this before we started recording. I mean, it's, you know, life is just so complicated. And there's so many things that happen in life and I'll see people that were bullied for years about their nose or whatever and then they're able to be proactive and do something about that and you know and they look in the mirror and they see yeah I'm that's I'm not that person, you know, the, mm-hmm. that was bullied, you know, or I've had people, you know, victims of domestic abuse that they were hit in their nose and they look in the mirror and that's what they see every day, mm. you know. And so being able to change that for that person and give them you know, that new confidence that you don't have to see that every day. You can, you know, be this new confident person. That's, that's also wonderful to see those people be able to move on, you know. What about recent advancements in what you all do as an industry? I feel like maybe um, it's, 
I don't want to say easier, but maybe simpler to sort of move the ball forward in what you're and how you're caring for your patients as opposed to maybe other aspects within the medical industry? Things are changing month to month. You know, we have new technologies all the time. We have new things that we can do. And it is easier to take care of our patients, I think, in the way that they need and and be able to meet them on all a lot of different levels, you know, financially, you know, lifestyle. If they say, I really want to, <clears throat> I want a facelift, but I can't take two weeks off. Okay, we'll have mm. a skin tightening treatment. Okay, well, there's this, you know, whereas... 20 years ago, we didn't have all of those things. And you said, it's surgery or nothing, you know? And so now we're like, okay, well, you can do something that you look better and feel better. And, you know, you don't have to have the two weeks of downtime and you don't have to have, you know, whatever price tag that is, but something that fits for you. When you look back on when you started or when you decided to make the decision to go into cosmetic surgery, and then you fast forward all the way to 2023, not like you not like you've been doing it for a hundred years or whatever, but I mean, it's when you look back at what, how things were uh, when you started, what remains the same for you and for your, for your colleagues. The reason we went into it, you know, and being able to see those people post-op and see, be part of that process, you know, that's always consistent and will always be like, it's especially facial is so personal. It's, You get to talk to people, and this is one of the reasons I loved it, is I get to talk to people about their gender, their ethnicity, how the world sees them, how they want to be seen in the world, like all these very deep things that I get to talk to people about, and they trust me to talk to them and then do something about it. You know, mm-hmm. It's a huge trust, and it's it's very, very I, – I love people. It's very interesting to me because I love to get to pe- know people and their stories and what does this mean for you to do you know, today. And your face is the like one of the first things you see in the morning when you wake up or at night if you work during the, you know, whatever. I mean, it's like literally one of the first things you see after you wake up. Yeah, you see it. You see it in the mirror. You know, it's a representation of yourself. Yeah, that's the first. You know, that's what people notice about you. I never was interested in body surgery because I'm like, you can cover that up. You can do things, but your face is it just means so much. Walking it back, what in particular inspired you to pursue a career? In, in plastic surgery versus being an OBGYN, which is something we talked about mm-hmm. also and getting to know each other. I decided I wanted to do facial plastics whenever I watched a surgeon do a, a microtia repair. And so you take a rib and you carve it into an ear. And I was like, that's, that's the most amazing day. You, you made an ear, man. You made an ear. Yeah. <laughs> How was your day? I made an ear. That's, that's great. You changed this person's life, you know? And I got into it, was very interested, and then got to know more intricate about like being able to affect their confidence. And I really liked women's health. And the majority of my patients are women, and so I get to talk to them about about who they are and their health. And you know, and so I like that aspect of it. And and what's different from ten years ago is I have more guys. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that it's more acceptable. You know, guys will yeah. do things to to stay feeling good and looking good. And, you know, there's not that stigma about it, I think, that that was there. Not at the same level. <laughs> yeah, right. I have noticed more guys. You can tell they've had Botox, the good kind, but I can still tell. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> you can tell that, that I was like, wait a minute, why? I know you're 10 years older than me, but you look 10 years younger than me. What are you doing? And it's not, it's not Dove. <laughs> it's not olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but, 20 years ago, 
I don't remember there really being too much of a stigma or even 10 or 15 years ago being a stigma against guys with plastic surgery. I guess were, were we collectively speaking just not pursuing it, not just not interested and somehow maybe, I don't know, someone famous got it and then guys were like, huh, well, if Johnny D. Handsome can get it, then <laughs> maybe I should look into it. I mean, was it something like that? I don't know. You've got your finger on the pulse of it. I feel like more people have jobs where they need to be in front of people and you need to be, you know, presenting or on camera or, you know, I have a lot of people that are in sales or, you know, they have clients that they need to look, they need to look good and they need to look relevant and they don't, they don't want to be the oldest guy in the room. They don't want to be the youngest guy in the room. Somewhere in the middle is great, you know, and so they're wanting to stay You know, in the job market, longer is what a lot of people will say. They're like, I want them to be like, I can't tell exactly how old you are. Like you say, you know, like, I think you're older than me, but... mm." (laughs) So before we we wrap up, Dr. Sturm, uh, advice, tips for anybody who uh, is thinking about doing something regarding cosmetic surgery, altering their face, eyebrows, eyelids, whatnot... If you're nervous, you can always start slow. You know, there's so many options. I think people are nervous because they think, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to jump all in. I'm going to have to do surgery, you know, and surgery is a great option for a lot of people, but there's a lot of other things you can do. You can do skin tightening. You can do baby Botox. You can do- What's baby Botox? The tiniest little sprinkling of it, you know, and a lot of time this is in younger people, people that you're like, do you really need the Botox? Very Botox dust. Yeah, just very Botox (laughs) dust. You know, just start with a little bit of it, Mm. see how you like it. And then you can always do more if you're like, I like it, but I want to do more. That's usually what happens with Botox is people are like, yeah, that's, that's nice. I actually like that a lot. <laughs> I was kind of hoping I wouldn't like it as much, but you know, you don't have to jump all the way in the deep end. You can kind of tiptoe in and try things out and, and do what you feel comfortable with. You know, you're going to be happier with the results. If you're comfortable with the decision where you're like, yeah, I'm glad I did that. You know, drangelasturm.com is the website. You can also check her out on Instagram and all the places on the web. Thank you so much for allowing me to crash your office and for you to join me on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It was fun. Hey, it's me. I'm back with a quick little nudge. If you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did putting it together for you, then please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the newsletter at cruisethroughhtx.com and share with your family and friends. Thank you.